0: welcome to another episode of the cubic report this is ep number 35 my guest today is brenda wendling campbell from the fort wayne area of indiana brenda works as product operations director for annie's publishing in burn indiana and focuses on processes and procedures bridging departments and systems and she finds solutions in automating production processes and catalog intellectual property rights. She provides training for new employees and does all kinds of other things at Annie's Publishing. So we're very grateful to have you here. Welcome to our podcast.
1: Thank you, Vic.
0: Well, we're so glad to have you here. I'd like to say a few things about Brenda. Brenda is a very pleasant woman who I have met through the United Church of God and whom we've had been become acquainted at various events, mostly church gatherings. I noted her as a very gifted singer and have always appreciated her singing ability. And we have spoken various times at church events. And one thing that really struck me about Brenda is that she always appears so happy. She has a very pleasant smile, an extremely pleasant personality, and you would never know that she has had some very painful and difficult events to live through in her life. But a year ago, in September of 2021, her husband Steve died. Then in March of this year, her mother died. Also, she has gone through the trauma of her son's divorce. Anyone's heart would go out to Brenda. She shared her journey in this dark valley on Facebook. I also found that Facebook thread and read it. It was her catharsis, but not only hers, but for all those reading it, It really resonated with the readers because so many people commented on things that was food for thought for all. So this is what inspired me to ask Brenda if she'd be willing to do a podcast to share some of her experiences and lessons learned and advice that she could give to her audience. And I didn't expect such a resounding positive response because these are personal things, but she did share them publicly and she was very enthusiastic about sharing them. Because I would ask myself, how would we do with those types of crises? And some of us have gone through crises just like that. We have learned some things well, some things maybe not so well. But how would we do? How would we react? Brenda has lived through an experience that I feel all of us could profit from and how we can come back from tragedy. So at this point, Brenda, I'd like you to talk to us a little bit about what you have gone through, and maybe just say a few things about you, about who Brenda is and what you have gone through.
1: Well, I come from a very close family, and I think that's what helped me to get through a lot of the things that I've gone through. When you have that foundation of God and family, it helps you to deal with the hard things in life. Never thought I would be a widow when I became one, And so there were a lot of new feelings and new revelations of what that might feel like. Some of the things that I I learned was just, how do you deal with someone who's lost someone? And being someone who has lost someone, how do you allow yourself to work through it? (laughs) So there were a few things that I, I learned from that. Uh, maybe I can just share a few things about dealing with grief. Please do. So one of the first things I guess that I felt was whether you are on the receiving end or the giving end, don't put a time limit on grief. Everybody works through grief differently and you can't expect someone to just get over it. They have to deal with every stage of it. And depending on who they've lost or what they've lost, how they lost it depends on how they're able to deal with it. In my case, I had a long time to prepare for it. My husband was sick for a long time. So because of that, you start grieving before they're gone. Mm -hmm. Some people, however, lose their mate, their child, uh, their job, whatever it might be that they're grieving and they lose it very suddenly. And to me, that has to be the harder thing to deal with because it's such a shock. Mm-hmm. That first stage of denial is just, you can't believe it. You just, it's it's just not real. Whereas when you have a long time to work through it, it's still a shock when it actually happens, but you've had the time to process that, okay, this is where this is going. This is what I have to do in order to survive after it happens. Some other things, I guess, too, that when you're dealing with someone who's lost, you don't want to try to fix anything. There's nothing really that they're expecting. They're not expecting you to fix it. They're not expecting solutions. Sometimes what they need is just someone who sits there and listens to them, who gives them a hug, who checks back frequently. Um, When you lose someone and you go through the process of having the funeral and then dealing with all these things that have to be done afterwards. A lot of times people are there right up front and it's wonderful. I mean, the support is just amazing and outpouring to you. But so often we as not being the ones who have made, had the loss, we forget that they may still need to be checked up on later on, Mm -hmm. you know, they have all of this initial support, but then they're left alone. So don't forget about them as months go by. Check back with them. Make sure they're still doing okay. And then, I, again, give them a listening ear. Be there for them. And, you know, everybody is like, well, I don't know what to say to someone who dies, you know, I, I don't, mm. or, or who has lost someone. It's not always about what you say. It's just about knowing that you're there.
0: If I could just say this, too, is that I find that you know, having been a minister and, and talking to people in the congregation who, whose mates have died, and in some cases even children have died or, or parents have died, uh, that um, I, I've learned that all I've got to do is just be there around them. Uh, I don't have to give a lecture or give a sermon or you know, quote scripture to them or, or feel like I've got to do the talking. Uh, I feel it's important as one who gives care and comfort is just to be around them. And also, if I could just say, too, is that I found, too, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe you could comment on that, too, is that people who've had a loss of someone very close, the person coming to them doesn't want to talk about that person because they feel like that person will be troubled by it. But actually, the person who's grieving wants to hear you know, about uh, that person. You know, they don't mind it being brought up. They don't mind having some experience or some past event brought up and talked about. Could you
1: comment on that? Absolutely. That's so true. You, at that point, you want to remember them and you want to know that people remember them. You want to know that their life had impact. And so you do want people to come up and, and talk about them because it helps you to work through the memories, the loss, and then how you're going to move forward from that. So absolutely sharing with them, your memories of the person they've lost, it it can cause tears. (laughs) It definitely can cause tears, but it, it helps you to work through it. Um, I think one thing too, that I would say about dealing with someone who has lost is that you have to be really patient with the shock that they're going through, I mean, they've been injured when they've lost someone. And sometimes those people are not going to act or react the way they might normally act. They might have moods. They might have inconsistent behavior. There may be a lack of patience or self-control. So we need to help heal and, and bind up their wounds. We need to give them physical and virtual hugs to help them feel like they are secure still in their life and that they can move forward.
0: hmm and perhaps even sending a little note to them, you know, on a card, just saying, thinking about you, hope you're doing well, and just not elucidate much more than that, you know, but telling them that you're thinking of them and that you that they are in your prayers.
1: And, and that feeling of getting those notes or just someone coming up and just saying, hey, I'm here. If you need something, I'm here. That, it, it definitely helps you to feel like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing about it that I find amazing in any trial that you go through is when you've gone through this one, you have a new understanding of how other people go through it. But what I find that God does with it is that he brings you people in your life who are going through it new. And Mm -hmm. now that you've gone through it, you're able to help them. And I think that's what The whole joy in the trial means is that we have to see God in all of the negative things that happen in our lives, and then we have to put that to his use. Mm -hmm. We have to share our experience like we're doing today, which it's difficult, (laughs) but at the same time, you want that trial to mean something and to be helpful for someone else.
0: Right. It feels so comforting even to yourself in learning more about you because a lot of people know, know Brenda or know whoever the person is that's going through the trial, but they don't know some of the details, and, and so they feel better about it. I know, uh, Brenda, that he went on a campaign, it seemed, on Facebook uh, this summer and just wrote like essay after essay in <laughs> August. You know, I I, I copied... Cut and paste them <laughs> all into a document, nine pages of them. And I, um, found, I found it to be just very, very helpful, you know, having a good heart. Probably, and then quoting some passages like Psalm 119, 143 about anguish has overcome me, but then what's the solution to it? Appreciate the goodness of God. Hope is a thing with feathers. I mean, you had one after another. And I found that probably not not only for you was it helpful cathartically going through that, but your supporters, which were many who commented, but likes, reacted to what you were going through. And that probably was a symbiotic thing between you and everyone else.
1: It was it was very encouraging. Um, as you said, I, I really started just writing it to get my thoughts out, to work through things, to reach out to God, to make sense of it all. <laughs> and when people started reacting and making comments back to me i thought this is this is bigger than me <laughs> this is something that obviously resonates with other people and other people need and so every day i would just ask god god what do you want me to write about today and there would be events happening in my life that would trigger me to talk about a certain topic and so i really felt like god was guiding the whole process he was the one saying, you know, this is what you need to say. So I was very thankful for that avenue to express myself and I I want to continue doing it. I obviously haven't been doing it every day like I did for a while. But I do feel writing is a big part of who I am. I love to write and I love to express myself in writing. So that's something that I want to continue to pursue.
0: I know that you did the writing. I went through Uh, a a traumatic period in my life uh, one time, and I found that there was somebody that I called a lot, probably got on their nerves after a while. But I I just wanted to talk through something that I had maybe gone through several times before. But I found a confidant, somebody who could listen to even disjointed. Like you said, the reactions are inconsistent uh, after trauma, but Mm -hmm. if you can get through that bumpy area, things begin to even out.
1: So my husband's sickness for, for many years was related to alcoholism. And alcoholism has many facets and is, I think, misunderstood by many people who haven't experienced it. Mm-hmm. It's an illness just like any other. However, this illness can be very hurtful. And when you're on the receiving end of alcoholism, you really have to rely on God to help you see that what you're experiencing is from the illness, it's not from the person's heart. The person doesn't want to be the way they are, but they are tied down to this illness and this addiction that they can't beat. Mm -hmm. So I think Steve, he always wanted to be considered a good person. He always reached out to people who were in need he was very involved in the community that we lived in and had been a police officer, a sheriff, deputy sheriff for many years. And he always wanted to help those who were in need. But he had, he just had this addiction inside him that eventually prevented him from being able to function normally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as it got worse and worse, he became more reclusive and more irrational. <laughs> and so as I dealt with that, I had to trust in God to help me to still treat him with love, with patience, with concern. But at the same time, I had to learn how to take care of myself.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I had to be involved in the things that were who I was and not allow what he was doing with his life to keep me from, from living. And so... I would say to people who have never experienced or been around alcoholism, that it's more than the sin talked about in the Bible. It's, it's a real disease, just like cancer or diabetes or anything else. Mm-hmm. It is a real disease that kills people. And we have to have compassion. We have to be there for them as we can be, but we also have to realize that we can't make them do anything. We can't make anyone do anything. And so if they want to be healed, it it is on us, it is on them to choose to be healed, to choose to want to reach out for help. So we can only do so much. And it's okay that we can't save them. You know, when it was toward the end and he was in so much pain, I found myself praying for him to die. And I felt very guilty for that Mm -hmm. because I thought, should I have been praying more for his healing? Should I have gotten more help for him? Should I have reached out to somebody that could could get through to him? But then you come to the point where you realize it's their choice. So you do what you can do, and you love them until you can't love them anymore. And yet you do. You you continue to love them even after they're gone.
0: It's amazing how people who are the other side of, of the disease, you know, the the mate or family or whomever, feels so guilty about the level of care that they they present.
1: Well, and it's just like God. You know, God wants us to want Him because we want Him. He doesn't want to force us to come to Him. He doesn't want to force us to keep His commandments or to do the right things. He wants us to do them because we want them.
0: Mm -hmm. It's all very voluntary. The whole process of salvation is very voluntary. It isn't where you just kind of sign on and just kind of take the train in uh, into the kingdom of God. You have got to want God. It's a voluntary choice.
1: And I will say, as you go through any kind of trauma, the only thing ultimately that gets you through it is turning to God and looking to Him to bring you peace and joy and a new life.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what I sensed in essays because they were more than just a couple sentences in what you wrote. And what you wrote was not something that you just thought of that day. It was something that you had experienced through that. I thought to myself too, is that people who are listening to this, you know, we kind of create our own scripts of what if, what if, what if, you know, and and I found that as I read your things, I thought, boy, that would fit here, that would fit there, this fits with that person. It fits with me, you know, some of the things that, that 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 you wrote. So I feel like a part of the grief processing is Pre-processing, perhaps, <laughs> you know, is to be able to be ready for anything that may happen because we don't know what what is awaiting us in the world that we live in uh, ahead of us. And people who are caught totally unaware are the ones who will suffer most. But if you have preparation for it, it, it could be helpful.
1: Well, as, as you were saying, you know, God's truth is God's truth. And the more that we look into it, the more that we know it, the more that when you go through something horrific, that comes back to mind. God brings that knowledge and those truths back into your life to tell you, I'm here, I'm hugging you, I'm, I'm never letting you go, I'm not going to leave you, we'll get through this. So
0: now we have come to this point uh, in your life, Brenda. It has just been so uh, good to be able to talk about these things and discuss them in a way that can be helpful to others. First, already we've covered about how to interact with a person who is going through grief, is not to just ignore them or just pretend like they're not there, but, but to be available and maybe not having to just say things or just... Your mouth running you know but just being there just being close by just your presence being there mm-hmm. and also some of the things that you have just said here about you know that you shared very personal information you know about about your life but now let's uh, a year has gone by and what's happened now
1: well um more than a year later there's so many things to take care of <laughs> You know, you're busy with the aftermath of the event, which helps in some ways because it distracts you from the grieving process. You look to God more and more to show you ways to work through your grief. You look to God in everything because you're now, when you become a widow, your spiritual relationship with God becomes so much more intense and personal. You know, when you're married, you lean on one another. You're going through the spiritual growth process together. But when you become a widow, it's just you. And so you have to relook at your life and think, okay, am I doing this because I need to have that relationship with God? Or am I just doing the things I'm doing because I'm part of a couple or I'm part of a church? Is it really my church? You know, you think about that with your kids as they're growing up in the church. Is this their church because their parents went there or is it their church because that's what they want to choose? So I think in that year, you really think about who you are and where you want to go from here. So you look to God because you want him to be guiding it. You don't want to make mistakes you might've made in the past or uh, do things because you think that's what's best for you when God says, maybe that's not a good choice. (laughs) (laughs) So... So I think you really think harder about that. And when I lost my husband, you know, my thought was, okay, I lost him to me at a young age. I'm just gonna be by myself for the rest of my life. I've got my children, I've got my grandchildren, I've got the church, I've got my work, you know, my life is full. I I, I can be okay being alone. And then God had different plans. <laughs> <laughs> I went to work one day and hugged an old friend, and that just started me on a path of learning true love. And this person just was always there for me, very patient, helped me to work through what I was going through, just said, it's okay, I'll be here when you want me to be here. And that's what you need when someone is dealing with loss, someone who just is there when you want them, and says, I, you know, I'll, I'll not be there when you don't want me there. And he was so patient and so kind and so loving. And I've known him for 30 years working with him where I work at Annie's. Mm-hmm. And we grew to love each other. And finally, on November 6th we got married.
0: That's wonderful. <laughs> absolutely wonderful. You know, Brenda, you wrote to me about this. We were kind of going through what we would be talking about. And I was kind of looking at your notes and. And then I look towards the end there. He so said, "We got married just a few days ago." And I thought, you know, I, I just leaped out of my shirt. You know, here uh, it was it was so surprising. And I, it, to be very truthful, at first I thought, "Wow, that that is that is amazing." I have been very very happy for you. I have just been so happy for you from the standpoint that a person can go through severe trauma and things are horrible, and then those other things that have happened. I mentioned how you had uh, gone through the divorce of, I said your son, but it was actually your daughter's divorce. And I uh-huh. thought I thought to myself, oh, that's, um, that's terrible. It just seems like a person, just how much more can they take? But God is merciful. God is kind. And God is watching out. And God has given you something that you have not had. And I just thought to myself, praise God. I'm so thankful for Brenda. So <laughs> thankful for her for finding
1: happiness. Believe me, we're so thankful, too. (laughs) We just always look at this as God's gift to us.
0: It was nice to meet Scott this last weekend in Indianapolis and just to see your new family.
1: Yes, and and my new last name is Campbell.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I I had to uh, kind of readjust that on Facebook. (laughs) 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 And also in my... uh, Con- list of contacts, but I'm getting there. There aren't too many other Brenda's, so I still found you real quickly. Uh,
1: you know, I, I, I had a last thought that I had shared with you that um, I, I think I want to share. Through everything you go in life, you know, God is always good. God is always looking out for our best interest. He wants us to, through those trials, draw closer to Him. I mean, I find when I'm going through trials... I am probably my closest to God than ever because your whole being just relies on Him to get you through. Mm -hmm. And so He is always good. He's always waiting there for us. He wants us to share our lives with Him every day. He wants us to yearn for Him. And He takes those most heart-wrenching events in our lives and He makes them blossom. He gives us new life. And so if you stick with God, he will stick with you. Um, there's nothing, you know, nothing that you can't overcome.
0: And that's very, very true. It's um, how you submit to God, how you give yourself over to him, how you seek him. He will he yearns to be with us and rewards us. So I'm thankful to hear this part of your story.
1: Well, and and if I may, just to quote a scripture that I had down from John 1633 it says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So Christ said that, you know, right before he died to remind us that, okay, this is not going to all be a bed of roses. As you go through life, trouble is going to come, but I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be there to give you peace through it all. And in my life, he replaced that sorrow that I had as a widow, that experience that I now can understand so much more when other people go through it. And he's replaced that with peace and love and joy.
0: And I hope that people who are listening to this, who are going through some real tough times, would not give up or just feel like, it okay, was the next horrible thing to happen to me? But could look hopefully, as it says, "You know, as we draw nigh to God, he will be drawn nigh to us. And and I do believe that God rewards.
1: And and realize, too, everybody's story will end differently. That makes sense for them. So don't push people to try to do something that you think they need in their lives. Mm -hmm. Let them figure it out with God.
0: Offer advice. Offering advice does not mean telling people what to do, but just offering possibilities or just presenting your particular situation which may not apply to them, but certainly is showing that you care and that you are offering that particular scenario. Well, Brenda, it's just been really great talking to you and just been I've just been so overjoyed about your life. I mean, I've looked upon <laughs> you as the a, a singer <laughs> who's, who's come down from Fort Wayne and sang at our Pentecost weekends in uh, Central Indiana Parks. And we, we have you know, enjoyed your presence and enjoyed your family. And I've got to know know more of the Peterson you know group it's been wonderful getting to know you I never would have thought that something so tragic would be happening to somebody so nice (laughs) but I'm just so so happy to see things have worked in a very positive way
1: well it's it's all been a blessing in the end
0: we thank you our listeners for joining us here today for the cubic report if you have enjoyed this podcast please share it and tell your friends about it we can be found on a variety of platforms including podbean which includes information about this podcast apple and google podcasts spotify iHeartRadio, amazon music audible pocketcaster and other podcasting platforms you can easily find us on any browser address bar by simply typing in the words the cubic report and there we are We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your impressions and suggestions. So write to us at vcubic at gmail.com. V-K-U-B-I-K at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.